Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's like you you have a knife in your hand and you're like, I'm going to use it. I'm going to go because I've got six of them in my back, so I'm just going to run. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I'm John R. Bray. Today's topic is going to seem like it's addressing a certain seedy, certain seedy interest of people who, during my divorce, wanted all the details. And, well, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to turn this into an Entertainment Tonight episode of Heather's Divorce. Because you're ultimately lesbian right actually don't even answer that it's really not <laughs> relevant at this at this moment because today's topic is how to divorce when you when you suddenly choose to become attracted to the same sex that's exactly that's exactly what i did <laughs> how that how that work out turns out that i'm actually really i like men turns out no in the end i kind of like men so it turns out no, t- today. Despite despite rumor, <laughs> today we are going to talk about our relationship with our exes. Um, bum, bum, oh yeah, what it looked like during the initial split, uh, what it looked like during during the split, all of the ups and downs, and ultimately what it looks like now. You realize though that I'm not anywhere near as far along in this process as you. Oh, you mean that your ex isn't flying from where he moved across the country to come watch your kids in your house so that you can go to speak at a conference in Berlin? <laughs> yeah, no, that not quite not quite there yet. Yeah, that's where that's where I am. We've talked about that in a past episode where I have to travel internationally and it's best if they if my kids can be with their father. It's a Usually when I do international travel, it's more than two or three or four days just because of what's involved. And he doesn't have a place of residence in Utah, so he would have to either watch them in a hotel or in an Airbnb. And why not just have them in their home environment and have him stay here is what I'm that's my logic. Which makes sense. And I think this is a really great point to mention that, you know, we're kind of going to talk about how our relationships progressed with our exes throughout the process. And also, I think, maybe point out some things that that did or did not work for anyone who's maybe even earlier on in this phase than either one of us. Because I think there's some strategies that can smooth things out a bit. Mm -hmm. Even if that means you take the sometimes very, very, very narrow high road. (laughs) There are there are definitely strategies that help. I think it was the first episode where I said that I was aspiring to my parents' divorce. Once the divorce was final and everything was said and done, like it was 
it was smooth sailing and it was the best possible thing for us as kids. And you always want to, I think you always want to get to a point where we, well, first of all, the kid, the kids always have to, to take precedence over any bitterness or, or resentment or frustration. And, um, and I think ultimately to see, and it may not be possible. There may be certain, there may be certain circumstances where it is not possible to be on a, on speaking terms with someone, but if it, if if it is a possibility for your kids to see you get all getting along, quote unquote, <laughs> I I put that in quotes, getting along <laughs> with your ex, I think it could be huge. It could be. I mean, because I saw seeing my mom and my dad joke around and laugh and work with each other, and that was really really. Im- had such an amazing impact on me yeah and i think you know i mean like you mentioned there there will be situations where it's it's not possible maybe it's not safe maybe for whatever reason it's just not a possibility yes but i think in most cases it might not be a possibility that you want to swallow but in most cases i think you really need to step back and look and say ultimately what is best for my child or my children mm-hmm. and do that. Even if you'd never want to set foot in a room with them again. Right. You have to. And, you know, so much has transpired since I asked for the separation in 2011. A lot of stuff has happened. A lot of really major, agonizing, horrifying things have happened. And But still here, you know, however many years later it is, he's going to come in and he's going to stay in my house and it's going to be okay. Like that's, that's where, that's where I, I've, I've want, I want to be here. This is where I want it to be. And, but it's happening. And I think it's, it's interesting that you say want because, and I'm, I'm guessing, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you want it to be here? Probably not, but you want it to be here for your girls. Yes. Because that's best for them if they weren't in the picture at all if you if you didn't have kids with John you you guys you'd never see each other again no and i think that applies in almost every single situation i mean there's a reason that there's jokes about being friends with your ex because you you don't but you know that this is the best option for your girls and it's just like with with Lexton i mean i have an open door policy my heather will will come over and have a drink and eat dinner and visit. And it's what I always say to people is that it's so normal. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it shouldn't be. And I don't think it is for Lexton. I don't think he feels that way even for a second. But in my mind, as I process and I look around, I'm like, this feels like it did three years ago. Mm-hmm. That's really strange. But I also know that it has taken an unbelievable amount of effort for me to get it to that point for him. I think he will eventually think that it's normal. I think over over time I think that he will think, okay, this is this this is how it works now. Right. I mean, I, I think though like for me it feels really abnormal and I don't think it feels that way for him. It's kind okay. of a new normal for him. Right. Like it's it's things aren't necessarily normal because we don't all live together. It's a new normal. There's a dynamic there because we were together and now we're not and that's a huge change. You know, and I think for Lexton, to some degree, he looks and he's like, well, we're all together in the same room, so it's good. Yeah. You know, it's just on a, on a really simple level, and that's fine. But it's a huge sacrifice. On your part. Yeah. On my part. 
I mean, when I when I initially moved out, well, when I moved moved out of her parents' basement, like there was part of me, and this was I don't know five months after everything had really happened. I mean, I I walked in on the day that I got the keys to my place. I walked in, and the first thought in my mind was, "She's never going to come here. <sighs> this is this is my this is my house. This is my life. She didn't want to be part of it, so that's it." And I, I think it was the second day I brought Lexton to the house, and his first question was, "When can Mom see?" <laughs> I'm like, well, there, there goes that. <laughs> oh, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I really, it was, I really didn't want to do that, but I mean, in part, I knew that it was best for him, and in part, he's living with me. This is his house, so I'm not going to say no. You, you can't. You can't invite your your mom over. Exactly. I mean, there there are lines that I will draw still at this point because I'm not quite as far along in the process, and things were a little different on my end. But for her, it's it's open door because that's what he needs. And I think that's that's. I mean, think about it. So that was just a year ago. Well, you haven't even been in your place for a year. No, I haven't. I haven't been in my place for you. Everything started happening about dude just over a year ago. Dude, see, I'm like almost five years into this, and you're way less than that. And look how far you've come, dude. <laughs> well, I, I think though part of it was, you know, I knew like you, you were already farther along when everything started on my side, mm-hmm. so I was able to sort of process it. I, you were able to look back at your parents divorce and say that's how it needs to be i was able to look back at my parents divorce and say that's exactly how it doesn't need to be so like already when it was when i finally accepted that everything was happening that so many pieces of this puzzle were moving without my opinion at all i just decided that you know it was it was a turning point and i could choose to make it ugly for good or i could choose to make it better for good and I, appla- I applaud you. I applaud you for that. I really do. Thank you. I mean, it, like like I said at the beginning, sometimes the high road is incredibly narrow. <laughs> it re- it really, really, think, really is. I think you've texted me like when you were going through a lot of this and you're like, I really want to do this. And I was like, John, John, don't oh, yeah. do that. Don't. <laughs> or you may, you, you'll go... I may have said this. And I was like, oh, did you really? And you're like, oh, yeah. I couldn't resist. And you know what? Sometimes when you're in the thick of those, like, excruciating things, you can't resist saying certain things. No, I mean, and it's, I will never tell anyone that, you know, I've been a beautiful human being since the day this all happened because that's not true. I mean, for for me... Our relationship went through a really, really, really bad stage after all of this happened and before I moved. Mm-hmm. And I take some responsibility for that. I probably made, I let me start again. I definitely made things uglier than they needed to be <laughs> in, in some ways. Uh, and some of that I regret, well, honestly. you were but, hurt. Right. I mean, I, I regret it, but I don't, I don't want to say it was unintentional, but I also don't, I don't think it was intentional. There was this desire, like, you you really hurt me, and I need to seek revenge. <laughs> and whether and, and for me, revenge is like a spiteful comment. It's not anything, you know, scary. But I, eventually I just started to realize that all that was doing was 
destroying me. Is not doing anything for her. She's not no. hurting. No, she no. she all all that she would do is get angry, and then nothing would be any better. And it it took so it took more energy to be that way than it does to be this way to yes. just have an open door and say, "Here we go." I mean, but like I said, I do have my limits. I want to maintain a really good relationship with her for Lexton. I have absolutely zero interest in establishing a relationship with her husband. That might change, maybe. But I, it, it doesn't have to change. I, no, and I, I don't think, and I'm not negative about him in front of Lexton or anything because that's not needed. But oh my I just, gosh, she got know. married. <laughs> I still, oh, yeah. I still haven't wrapped my head around that. Her husband. Okay. All right. Yeah. Ah, yeah. With her it's, husband. First of all, I had to like stop for a second. I was like, wait a minute. What? Oh, yeah. She got married. <laughs> right. I mean, it, and it's it's really bizarre to even still to process that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I realized that it's worth putting my energy into helping to create a, a new kind of relationship with her than it is to try and sabotage that or to try and have a bad relationship with her husband or any of that. So I just, I don't even really figure him in. And I just say, what do I need to do to maintain a really good relationship with Lexton's mom? Right. Because she will always be his mom, even if we're not together. Right. And I think that's really important for anyone in a situation like this to remember is that you you might not be married, you might not be dating, you might not be whatever. The 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 parent side of things doesn't ever change. No. So my John, his girlfriend is a colleague of mine. So there's really not um the the possibility of not engaging with her. Um and my kids, you know, my kids know and knew that I uh, know her and, you know, what do you think, what do you think about, about her and would ask me that. And and I've always been very, very positive in speaking about her because she's very much a part of my kid's family now. I mean, she has two kids of her own and two girls in ages very similar to Lita and Marlo. I, I speak of her as part of their family now. And I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just kind of laugh. That's, that's all I'm going to do right now. The rest of this episode is just going to be me. <laughs> just, I'm just going to shake my head and stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that's kind of the most that you should be expected to do. Yes. Well, here's the thing, though, is that my kids, when they go to New York to, to see him, you know, they stay in, in her apartment and they're with her kids. And so... You know, they spent they spent a, a Christmas there and a Thanksgiving there, and it's um, so her family is just as much a part of my girls' family as as mine is now. Well, I mean, they have a lot more exposure to my family, but like her her father has had some health problems, and you know, I I'm concerned because that man now has a relationship with my children, so his health is is important to me now because it's important to my kids. It's just the way it is now. That's for me, because of this, this the 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 situation. Because I know her and have known her for over ten years now, and it's 
I will say it, it's been a it hasn't been a long road. It's been a very complicated road, but it's I mean it's perfectly fine for um, the both of us to communicate with each other. That's huge, though. I mean, I, it's huge, and I think <laughs> it's huge. It's huge considering some of the things that have transpired over the last f- five years. It's huge. I mean, like again, like there were some landmines, and that got that got triggered, and um, one of a landmine in particular that happened. I won't go into the details, but I can't. I cannot have a relationship with my John's family at all. I can't. And like, do they live in Salt Lake? They live in Salt Lake. Because of what happened, I cannot have a relationship with them. Um, and it's Does not... Does that mean that your girls don't either? They don't. I mean, they probably do when he... He probably takes them to see them when he's here. But because of what... Because of what they tried to do, I... I it is not in my mental or physical or it's just not in my it's not in my best my my best interest like emotionally and mentally for me to see these people with what they tried to do and it's not that they're bad people they're i you know when i was married to john we had a wonderful relationship and um but i mean it, and it, and that's a loss for me that i can't turn to them for um, support at all <laughs> and um, or turn to them to take you know it's just it's a bad situation that part of that's probably the one thing throughout the whole divorce that's really that, that got really corrupt was my relationship with his family and it's sad that is sad mm-hmm. it's sad that it had to turn out that way I guess I mean yeah, it's there's there's just there's always bad that comes out of these situations. Yeah. I'm I've been lucky, and you know my Heather's immediate family and extended family have been incredibly supportive, and that's been great because I don't have any family here. But even you know they've been incredibly supportive, and it's even it's been to the point where you know I will see her parents on my own because I've, I've known them for so long. That's incredible. Right? And, and it didn't go away. And I, you know, when, when my parents or siblings come down to visit and, you know, my Heather wants to stop over and see Lexton, she comes over and everybody is fine. If you were to be on the outside looking in, you wouldn't know that anything had ever changed. Mm-hmm. And I feel really fortunate that it can be that way. Right. But there are certain choices, like you mentioned, it wouldn't be good for you, for your health, to continue on with those relationships. And I think there are times where you do, as a parent, have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, and that's why, you know, I don't have any interest in in having a relationship at this point with with her husband. I just, right. I don't need that in my life. No. And I don't feel like me not having that relationship is detrimental to Lexton in the least. Because I'm not negative, I don't fight against it, but I'm not going to put any energy into it. When I initially asked for the separation, and we've talked about the reasons that I did, like I did all that running and all of this stuff sort of came to the surface and I realized that how unhappy I had been for so long. And he was really, really, really hurt and mad. And 
some of the stuff that you were talking about, you would text me and say, I may have said this or I want to do this. <laughs> I was coming at it when I went and when I would respond to you, I was coming at it from the side, from from your Heather's perspective. Although I didn't go get married to somebody else. <laughs> like I didn't that's, I didn't do true. I didn't do to my John what Heather has done to you. But I was coming at it from like, okay, so what you just said to her or what you're thinking about doing to her has been said to me and done to me. And it does not make the situation better for my kids. He's not hurting me. All he's doing is like making me roll my eyes and go like, why are you, why are you acting this way? It's unbecoming. Like, I know you're mad. I know you're hurt. I know you don't want this, but saying those things and acting that way is not, is not productive. I'm sure it feels good in the moment to do it, but it's not productive at all. I mean, oh, it always felt good in the moment. And I mean, I, I laugh <laughs> about it because it like I, it it did and I feel I'm I have a way with words and that can be not a great thing sometimes. That can be not a great thing. That can be not a <laughs> that can be not a good thing every so often. But it would feel good and inevitably I'd be like, oh yeah, I bet that, I bet it hurt to read that. And almost immediately be like, no, pro- probably not. Like it probably didn't matter. Maybe she didn't even read it. And I think that's, it's good to mention and I think we have or people have just already assumed. But that was, I think, one of the reasons that it was, that we have proven so helpful to each other mm-hmm. is because you chose to end your relationship and I didn't. So we both see it kind of from, I can see it from your John's perspective and you can see it from my Heather's perspective. Yes. That doesn't mean that any one side is better or more right, but having that perspective has been tremendously helpful. Yeah, there were, so we, ha, okay, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to entertainment tonight this for just a second speaking to that point so we had agreed to do a sponsored campaign on my website this long before the separation well where ikea was going to uh, sponsor a, a makeover of a guest room in in our in our home and the completion of that happened after he had moved out and he had done some video work of the room and um he had done some video work and put together a lot of the stuff because he he was a part of the business side of my website and he was really good with video work. I asked him to film the final product of the Ikea guest room makeover. And I was actually on business in New York. It was this February of 2012. And the, the, the post went live and I'm in New York and I, I, you know, did a a short blog post that said, here's the final reveal of the room. And I want to, you know, give a special thanks to John, my John, for the video work that he has done. And he he did a phenomenal job. Thank you so much for this. And then a day later, a friend of mine texted and said, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but you might want to check it out. And I, she's like, I hate pointing you in the direction of stuff like this, but you need to go check this out. And he and he was hurt. I, I understand that. He was very, very, very hurt. And he had written on his own website about the video work that he had done. And then he 
And then he said, uh, many of you may have guessed at this point that it was Heather who asked for the separation, not me. This is not something that I want. And the irony of um, filming a, you know, a makeover of a room in a home that I am no longer sleeping in, the irony of that is not lost on me. And he opened up the comments on the blog post. (sighs) Yeah. And... I was raked over the coals. People were so angry. And, oh, I like, like, it was really, 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 really bad what I read. And, and none of these people have any idea about what had led up to the separation or any idea about what my relationship was really like for me. And people were saying left and right, you know, she's mentally ill and she's insane and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then at one point someone said, um, they said, I can't imagine what it has been like to be married to someone so mentally ill for so long. And he responded and said, you have no idea. One day I'll write a book. Oh, wow. Yeah. And mind you, we were still in therapy at this point. Um, seeing a therapist to to guide us through the, the at that point when I read that I was like oh yeah this is done we're done and there's no question about there's no turning back at this point and I remember sitting the, when I got back from New York we had a therapy appointment the next day and I remember sitting in the therapist's office and she was she had a, a, a she had a notepad in her hand and she was taking notes and I told her that this had happened. And she set the she set the the pad down in her lap, and she looked over at him and said, "Did you did you really did that really did you really say that?" And he kind of shrugged, and he was just like, "It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal." And she set the notepad and the in the pen on the floor, and she looked at him, and she's like, "You can't do you can't do that. Like this is, I mean, you can't do this in, in normal divorces and separations, but she's actually you can't." do that like this is a a public figure like a quote-unquote semi-public figure you can't do that to her and there were some times when you would and I that's not to make him out to be a bad person he was hurt and I think it was out of it was in a spark of like anger and revenge when he made that comment well and I think you know having been in a similar position I think I can see from his point and it's unfortunate that there was such an audience Mm-hmm. But I think also it was it, probably for him, there was a moment where he was able to get something off his chest and then people sort of validated that. Yes. And it fueled his own fire. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm right to be, to feel this way and to do these things. Even if in a regular setting, maybe he wouldn't have, mm-hmm. but you, you're kind of egged on almost. I'm not justifying it by any means, but I, I can totally see it. No, I can totally see it. I mean, it was a guest room. Yet yeah, it was a guest room in a house that he was no longer sleeping in. However, I was under obligated under contract to finish this guest room. Finishing the guest room was not a very happy time at all. And and it was, I, I can see exactly, like I can see him sitting there and being just outraged about all of this and wanting people to know that it was me who asked for the separation. And like, wanting some sort of validation like do you see on top of this and on top of this and on top of this I did this video work for this room and I can see him 
and, and I mean, hundreds and hundreds of comments of people saying, oh, this is so messed up. She is so messed up. She is so messed up. And how that must have felt really good to him in the moment. Yeah. It, because it does <laughs> feel good. I mean, yep. <laughs> I, I can totally get it. It's such a, it's such a terrible position for everybody to be in when a relationship dissolves. It's mm-hmm. terrible for like, it's terrible when there's kids. I think even when there aren't kids though, it's terrible for the families on both sides. It's terrible for the mutual friends. Like immediately there's this line drawn and whether it's spoken or not, everyone, everyone walks to one side or the other. Yeah. And, oh and yeah. You shouldn't necessarily do that. Right. But it's sort of, an instant. I mean, my Heather and I had mutual friends. I, I mean, I met them through her, and they're some of my closest friends—a husband and wife and three kids—and and they they didn't walk onto either side. But there was this constant tension, and it was hard for me initially to not to not want to go there to their house and just spew venom about her. Because I could, because I also mm-hmm. knew that, that she was friends with them. Right. And just because my relationship with her didn't work doesn't mean that their relationship with her has to not work. Mm-hmm. But it's hard in that moment to to be rational, to sit back and think, well, now what is the right and just solution here? <laughs> because you just, it's like you, you have a knife in your hand and you're like, I'm going to use it. I'm going to go, <laughs> you know, because I've got six of them in my back. So I'm just going to run. And that's how you feel. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was there was a lot that when he was like, like like I said, he was really, really hurt for a very long time. And, you know, when he found out that I was in the like the early fall of 2012, when he found out that I was dating someone, he was he must have been absolutely devastated because he said some things online and on certain other platforms, certain social platforms that were just not okay, And. You know, I certain social platforms, certain social platforms. He said some things and I had to call or text. I don't remember if I was called. I don't remember if we were actually talking. I think we were, there's always just text messages. And I was like, you can't, you can't do that. Please don't do that. Just that's not helping. Don't do that. And so don't do that. <laughs> it was always my advice to you. <laughs> it, it was. And I think. With that, I'm going to use the word nagging, and that's negative, but it's the best. Like with that constant voice there, like yeah, really, you should really think about that before you send a text like this. Uh-huh. It kind of helped me check everything, and it made on on my end as things were falling apart, and and different family was reaching out. It made me very aware of the fact that you know relatives of hers were reaching out to me. Yes, And I would constantly remind her, like, you know, so-and-so wanted to grab lunch. I didn't talk about you. This wasn't about you. I didn't, I said, you're, you're free to, to, to call them. I don't want to impact your relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to keep those doors open. And I really made a conscious effort to do that. You know, like, I still have a great relationship with her parents, but I don't go over to her parents' house and just complain about her around the clock. Like, that, that's not productive for anybody. No, it's not. And I'll and I'll even admit to the fact that, you know, I've I've probably said some things that I shouldn't have said to mutual friend like when when he when he moved, you know, 
it's not that I was hurt that he moved. It was that I didn't, I, I couldn't, I, I did not understand. I still can't understand. I'll just go ahead and be honest. I, I don't understand. I wouldn't, how can you be away from your kids? How? I don't get it. I will just go ahead and be straight up honest. It makes zero sense to me. And I like the idea of spending six weeks away from my kids during the summer is it hurts. It, um, I can't even imagine being away from my kids for six weeks. So I, I still cannot wrap my head around the fact that he moved across the country. And I'm, I'm sure I mean, I remember a very specific instance of me actually sending a direct message to one of our mutual friends saying, how can you guys just stand by and not say anything? Like, how can you not? Sorry. I'll pick up for you because I think you need it. Okay. And I get it. But one of the big things for me was trying to separate opinion from fact, right? Like the fact was he moved. He was going to move across the country. Right. In my case, the fact was she was going to get married and this person was going to suddenly appear in Lexton's life. That was that was the fact. And and there were times with mutual friends and family where I would like I would do the same thing. Like, how how, how is this happening? How does no one else see this as weird? Or or exactly. if you do, and it wasn't like he's a terrible human being for flying across the country. That that wasn't the standpoint, right? It was more how can you do that? How are you mm-hmm. okay with doing that? How can you get married to someone that he's never met? Yes. And have him move in and then expect things to continue as normal. I just, even to this day, I can't get my head around how that's, how that ever seemed like a good idea. Yes. And I'm not saying she's a bad person for it. I just can't, I can't understand it. Mm-hmm. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That's the parallel is, is perfect. It's a perfect parallel. It's like I still, I just can't wrap my, my, my brain around it. And you can't wrap your brain around the fact that she, <laughs> you guys were together for how long? I mean, and, we were and, together for about 10 years. I mean, then, it was a long time. And just in a matter of months, it, it just completely, she got married. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I can, I've gotten myself to a point where I can look, I can look back at it and kind of remember, you know, it takes two to tango. So I, I would never tell anyone that I'm totally innocent and this was 100% her and I was flawless. And because I'm, I'm sure there were things, I mean, there's regrets that I have about certain things. 
but what what I would always go back to is that it was nothing was ever bad enough to justify things happening in the way that they did. Mm-hmm. You know that that's always been the the big thing for me, and then for I guess for her to act very casual about it so quickly, I think was also made it difficult. And I think from my perspective of trying to have a good relationship with her for Lexton, that almost, that, that really complicated it because there was never a time for him to see us as individual parents. Yes. It was always me as a single dad and then mom and her new husband that I don't know. Right. And that really, it created a barrier in that relationship. Not that I, not that I expected her to be single forever. That's not at all it. It just, it made it tricky. And I think it was like layers of resentment then, because for me it was, you know, I resent the fact that it happened the, the way that it did. And then I have this other person to resent, yeah. which anymore I don't. He doesn't even really factor into my day to day at all. But back then he really factored in. Exactly. That was hard. Yeah. It's been it's been a long road, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been it's been a really long road. And I think it's it's never going to shorten. Right? I mean it will always be I feel like the road there will always be times where it feels like the road is considerably narrowed. I mean as as good as it can be, I feel like that will always exist. Mm-hmm. And well, even, you know, Lexington is, is 12, right? So mm-hmm. I could say, wow, six years, 18, and then that's it. But that's not, that's not how it works. I mean, no. he, he's, not, he's not a child anymore, but he's got college and graduation and his own wedding and, you know, all of these things that we still have to interact with, holidays and all kinds of stuff. Divorce with children is forever. It really is. Much far, far, far more binding than marriage. <laughs> true, that's true. Yeah, you can't you can't ever get away from divorce. I mean, I haven't even been divorced, and I can't get away from it. No, and mine's not You're even an much actual divorce. Yeah, pre- yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's no, there's no good. There's no. I mean, I I think there's no good way to do it, but there's lots of bad ways. And I yes. think in both of our situations, having a relationship with our ex would have been easier if the, the extremes hadn't happened. You know, if she hadn't immediately remarried, if he had not moved across the country, mm-hmm. I think it would have been easier to get to this point. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, at least in my situation, I, I wanted I do feel I, like I wanted I've to be at this. Quickly. I wanted to be to be at this point. Like I was so optimistic because I was like, you know what? We're we're so much better off as as friends than we are as a married couple. Like that's really what I felt like that he would understand, which he did not get that. At, he did not feel that way at all. And I thought that we would be, be able to get to this point much more quickly. It wasn't until I think he started interacting with um his his girlfriend that he actually was able to stop being really 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 angry at me because he he was very very angry at me for a very long time and referred to he referred to my 
boyfriend at the when I was dating, he referred to him <laughs> as a transitory romantic person. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's actually much nicer than some of the things I've come up with, <laughs> but it's still not good. Tran- transitory romantic person, and he and did not want this transitory romantic person around the kids in any way whatsoever. And I wasn't going to introduce that transitory romantic person. I didn't re- introduce him for a very, very, very long time. But once he got into his relationship, his feelings about transitory romantic people completely did a 180, and um, he wanted to introduce her. I mean, it wasn't. I guess then when they started dating, probably about I don't know three or four months after they started dating, which is it's, not unheard of. But it seems soon. I and I I haven't dated. I don't know, but it just seems soon. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah no. For, well, like I I think I don't I don't know. It In really your opinion, dis- it really depends. It really okay. really really depends on. So many, many, many varying circumstances and details. It really does. Um, but so she, again, there's no right answer. There's no right answer to that at all. To and when? To when. Like, I didn't introduce my transitory romantic person for, like I said, 18 months because my kids were my kids were still processing the divorce and they were still processing moving out of the house and they were still processing moving schools. And, like, there's too much going on in their, their lives for for. The trans. I'm gonna keep saying it. I you love stop. that expression, transitory romantic relationships. Yes. So, but yeah, and so he, and, and yeah, he wanted. So his girlfriend, of course, lives in New York, and he wanted. Unfortunately, and this is another one of those um, instances that is just okay. <laughs> maybe i'll pause here for a moment <laughs> you need a second is is this not good okay so let me I'll, I'll preface it with this he has twin nephews who are two of my favorite people in the entire world i love his nephews and we got along wonderfully and had a wonderful relationship and losing that is one of the most tragic things for me about the whole situation is that I no longer get to interact with them. A few months after he started dating his girlfriend, John's mother died. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he called me up and he's like, can you get the girls? I got the girls in the car and we were actually able to see her just like not even a half hour, hour before she died. My kids were able to see her and say goodbye. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome though. But, you know, she had been a part of my life for, she was very important to me. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have strained relationships. You don't with your in-laws. And she and I shared a similar sort of um, irreverence. Like his mom. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. She was really funny. And I, we, we loved each other. And so her, her death was really affected me very deeply. So the kids had not met John's girlfriend before the funeral and he wanted to introduce the kids to her at the funeral and his family didn't wait. What? Yeah. And I had That would be the first meeting? Yeah. Okay. Thankfully the kids were in therapy and the therapist sort of stepped in and said probably not the best idea but on top of that like his um 
a couple of his siblings did not want me at the funeral. They were basically like, no, she doesn't get to come. And which was devastating to me. And um, that's another. So you did not go? Uh, no, I, I, I plead, like I, I sat in the therapist's office. And when he, he explained that to me in, in front of the therapist that a couple of his siblings did not want me there. And I just broke down. It was just because so much was going on. Like, are my kids going to meet this girlfriend at the funeral? I don't get to go to the funeral of the woman who played a very huge role in my life and my kid's life. Like it was for a long time, too. Yeah. And I don't want to make her funeral about me, but it was like I was going emotionally. It was just just a lot to deal with. The therapist looked at him and said, please explain to your siblings that, you know, this is the mother of your of your children. And this is not the time. This is not the time to be having a squabble between families at all. Um, I was there with my and I wanted to be there with my kids because my kids were going to be processing this as well. So um, my mom was with me and we were, you know. Yeah. So I was able to go to the to the funeral just because thank God for Sally. Hello, Sally. I know you're not listening to this, but Sally was like, you know, this is the time to put away any sort of power struggle or control issues that you guys might have in this situation. And clearly John agreed as well. He did. Yeah. The girls um, met her very briefly at the John's girlfriend, very briefly at the funeral for just a few minutes, and then they were able to spend some time um, a couple of days later together. They were able to spend some quality time together. So, yeah. Wow. That's a crazy event to try and navigate. Yeah, it was like my <laughs> where you wedding. gave a speech yeah. about love. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is just no, there's no right answer no. to anything. And there's almost no wrong answer. Like everything is filled with degrees of right and wrong. And you just sort of have to pick the the one that is imbalanced on the side of being more right, I guess. I, I mean, it sounds really weird to say, but there's just not a, there's no good, there's no easy good path, but you have to really make sure, I think, to put your kids mm-hmm. forward for everything. And some things will be out of your control. Yes, absolutely. You at a certain point. Absolutely out of your control. And you have to take the highest road possible in those situations as well. Becoming a single parent was completely out of my control. I mean, a full-time becoming a full-time single parent, completely out of my control. Yeah. I did not get to make the choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, every, everything last year was completely out of my control. And I think that was why some of the spitefulness came out, because that was in my control. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I could pick that. It wasn't right, but at least I could pick it. No, and I'm not going to say that you're justified in feeling that way. I mean, but every everybody gets frustrated and gets angry or hurt. And you there are certain flashes of things that you think are going to make it better, but will only serve to just make you look like an asshole. Excuse me. <laughs> but it's it's true. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, I'm guilty of that as well, for sure. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But but you, but everyone like I mean clearly you. <laughs> but there was a time. I mean, I moved out in July, so I I was paying. We were renting a place, and I was paying rent until like through June, even though I wasn't even staying there. I was paying through June, and her husband moved here in July, and I think it was like late July or August, at some point, Lexton had been over there 
just visiting for the day or something. And, and maybe it was even a little later because I think he met him a little later. But he'd been over there and I went to pick him up and Lexton was getting something out of his bedroom. And this is like I had a few months outside of me living in that house. Like it was still kind of my house. Most of my things were still in that house <sighs> because I hadn't moved. And I, I'm there and her husband is there. And I don't really have any interest in talking to him at that point at all. And he walked up to me and he said, hi, John. And he held out his hand to shake my hand. And I remember it was, and there's part of me that regrets this and part of me that snickers about it, to be honest. But I looked down at his hand and I looked at his face and I laughed and I said, you've got to be kidding me. Did you really? I said that right. I said that right to him. Like you're, you are in my house with the woman I spent 10 years with and you want to shake my hand? Like I, I couldn't wrap, like, and I think the reason I said no was more like I couldn't, I could never imagine myself doing that. Mm-hmm. If that had been me, I would have been gone when I came over. Like I would have said, oh, he's coming to get his son. I'm going to leave for a little bit. I'll come back. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't get myself to do it. And there, there is a part of me that looks back and like, I do, I do look like an asshole. Like I, I acknowledge uh, it. I I'm, don't think anybody listening is going to think that though. <laughs> I mean, and maybe, maybe not. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And it's gotten to the point where I've sat in a room with him and had very civil conversation. And I feel like that's quite a long way. I don't know. There's, there's just certain times and certain things that come up and I guess the best way to put it is you pick your battles. And that was one battle that I was just damn determined to win. <laughs> I, I, I felt awkward about it and it made the situation really awkward, but I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I feel like that just would not have been, I don't know. A handshake is a greeting and it's a sign of respect. And I didn't have a lot of respect for him at that point. No, I totally get that. I totally, I mean, I'll I'll tell you this. Am I really going to tell this story? I guess I, I guess you are. I am. Yep. Right now. Let's yep. go. Ready go. go. Okay. So, uh, he moved. Right. <laughs> yeah. He moved across the country. He did. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah. He got really angry. He got really, 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 really angry with me when I filed um, paperwork with the court because he and I were not. He and I were not taught. He went. Yeah. See, this is how. Okay. Okay. All right. He and I were not really communicative other than where the like here's the drop off, here's pickup and and whatnot. Because I think his girlfriend had an experience with divorce that was very different from my experience with divorce and she had her ideas about it. And I think that it has influenced him a little bit since he's been with her, just in terms of some of the communication that's gone on. And so leading up to his leaving we were not communicating very well at all. And he got major, he got very, very angry that I filed paperwork with the court, basically saying, you now owe me child support. You now have to pay for half of their health care and first right of refusal. That's it. That's all the paperwork said. That's it. That's all that needed to change. And he, and he, he, he retaliated. He did. He, re, he was very, very, very upset about it. And that's the whole issue with his family because his family got involved as well. And, and so it was very, 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 very ugly and awful. And it should have ended any possibility of 
the two of us ever speaking to each other again. It should have ended it. But it didn't. It didn't. Because of the girls. Because of the girls, yes. But, um, But there are certain friends of mine who are colleagues as well who, when they found out what had gone on, were just really, really, really mad about it. At, because at you? Not me, mad at him. Oh, about, uh, about the retaliation. About, okay. about the re- retaliation, because it was completely, like, it was, first of all, it was insane. The retaliation was completely insane. And they were mad at her for being a part of it as well. And so there was a conference, there was a, a blogging conference last year, and my friends really rallied around me because they know what I had been through in terms of, you know, doing all of this happening. And John's girlfriend was there. And it's not, I wouldn't say that they chose sides. I would say that what they did is that they sort of, they sort of formed a circle around me. Like, listen, <laughs> what happened last year is so is not okay. It's just a not okay thing. And um, we were all waiting to go to a certain after party at the conference. We're all sitting in the lobby and she walked up and I got up cause I was still, I was still very, very hurt at what had happened. And I got up and I just walked out cause I, there's no way that I was going to be, there was no possible way. It was like you, it was like, it's like she, almost like she sat, she sat down in the lobby right across from me. That's like a handshake. And, yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like the handshake. And I was like, are you really sitting there across from me as if what you were a party to last year didn't happen? Like, like it was horrifying what the retaliation was horrifying. It was the scariest, like, three weeks of my entire life. And this is like, we're getting towards the end of this episode and I'm still, I'm crying. It was like the most horrifying three weeks of my life. And she was a part of it. And I was like, you, you, have, you cannot possibly be sitting across from me right now. So I got up and I walked out because we were waiting. We were going to call an Uber to drive over to this after party. I called an Uber and she got into the Uber with all of us. Oh, that's. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I remember thinking, is this happening? Like, is this really, really happening? And it it wasn't, it didn't make me look good to have gotten up and not said anything to her or to have like said hello. But when she sat down across from me, the only possible thing I could do in like survival mode was to get up and walk away because of the pain. Like the pain was like, Heather, get up and walk away. Please get up and walk away. Yeah. I think survival mode is kind of a good way to put it. And I mean, maybe some people will say that's a little bit extreme, but that was sort of how I felt. Like I can't, Yeah. I can't do that. I cannot bring myself to do that just for my own sense of self-respect. I can't do it. I just, I'm not there. And I think, no, you know, there have been times where we've been talking about different weekends or different situate, my Heather and I, that is. And I feel like I can sense sort of her husband's influence because I know her well enough to sort of know how things go in her thought process. And there used to be a time where I would get a little combative about that. You know, he doesn't have a say, and uh, you know, and it's, it's not really for me to decide because that's, that's her life. But one strategy that's worked for me to try and keep, to try and keep the relationship as good as possible and keep it focused on Lexton is I, what I always tell her when I get that feeling is I say, you know, the, the, suggestions that I'm making and the things that I'm doing and the decisions that I make, I'm doing for Lexton. 
Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want these things to be this way, but I'm doing them for him. I said, I hope that you are making your decisions for him and not for you and not for somebody else. And I leave it, I don't, I don't pry, I don't turn it into an argument, but I always point that out. You know, I mean, yeah, in an ideal situation, you know, like, like we've said, if there weren't kids, I wouldn't have her over for Christmas necessarily, but I'm yes. doing it for him. That's why I make that decision. Well, think about that. That was a, that was a year ago that that happened at that conference and and she came and stayed she and her children came and stayed in my house in February um when John was here when, when I went to New Zealand like she stayed in my house with her children that's where we are now like somehow like I got through the pain and the hurt and realized okay I can either continue to be angry about this which does nothing no. it is not productive all it does is make me age more quickly (laughs) that's all it does and my kids need their dad so if if she wants to come with her kids and stay in my house too absolutely i'm absolutely like that's where we are now and that's a huge step it's a huge step it's huge it's, it's basically saying that we acknowledge that our kids need their other parent more than we need our resentment or bitterness or anger or frustration or whatever. And that's true always. I mean, it just is. And I guess at least from my perspective, I, I really hate everything that has happened, but I don't hate her as a human being. So there's really no sense in me living that way, showing that, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's why, it has to be this way. And it's come a really long way for me in a very short period of time. And I, again, again, I really commend you. I, it, I really do. You've come so far so fast. Thank you. And thank you for heeding some of my advice and not sending certain text messages. Yes, th- thank you for the advice. <laughs> I think in, in my case, I almost had to, it almost had to, it had to progress quickly in one direction or the other, just simply because of proximity. Yeah. Because she lives very close. And I think because the only support network I had outside of a few friends in the area was her family. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I needed to do was just let anger destroy me because I'm angry with her. And then I have, I have nothing and that doesn't gain anything for anybody. You don't want to, you don't want to sabotage the help that you do have in the really, in the healthy relationships that you, you already possess. Right. Sabotage those and sabotage myself mm-hmm. essentially. Yes. So I think, I mean, not that not that you or, or I have done everything 100% correct, but I think I mean, my, my biggest piece of advice to anyone that's maybe in an earlier phase of this or hasn't quite entered this phase but, but sees it coming, you just, you always have to consider, and, I, and it seems so redundant, but you have to consider the kids. Mm-hmm. And you have to say, you know, they this is after all their mom or dad and they need them around. Mm-hmm. And how, how do I maybe bend my comfort level to make that possible? You know, yeah, maybe you have to sacrifice something, but it's worth it. I, I can honestly sit here today and say that it's worth it. Opening my home to have her still come over. It's worth it for Lexton. As, as horrifying as those three weeks were for me in September or August of 2014, 
as horrifying as it was, my baby girl still needs her daddy. She loves her daddy more than anything. She loves, she loves him and she needs him. And I will facilitate her seeing him whenever I possibly can. Yeah. And you have to put your own differences with him aside, just like I have to put mine aside with my Heather. Yeah. And I'm sure, and I'm sure, and I think, you know, so our relationships have evolved over these periods of time since the split. And I'm sure that they will continue to evolve. Um, And every situation is completely different. And 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 again, if it's not safe or their circumstances where the revenge was such that it's irreparable, you know, that's, that's, that's its own thing. That's it, you know, everything is, every situation is different, but I think if there's a possibility to work toward showing your kids and a mostly amicable interaction with your ex, it's always a good thing. Completely. And I think just, just to reiterate, if, if you don't have an amicable relationship, if your situation was vastly different, this is not a criticism of what you are doing listener, because every situation is really, really, really unique. This is just how it's worked for us. And hopefully, even if it was only a, a two minute soundbite that you pulled out that was helpful in some way, you know, hopefully you're able to apply that in some way to your own situation, whether things change or not. And I, we would love to hear how your relationships with your exes have evolved or not. <laughs> any any interesting circumstances that you've had to deal with? Has or any anybody... things that have worked really well? Yeah. Yeah, things that have worked really well. Um, any recommendations for a good therapist? <laughs> <laughs> Please email us your stories at manicramblings.com to stories at manicrambling. Dear God, it's the crying. Let's Sorry. Try that again. Email us your stories at stories at manicramblings.com and we'll share some in of our favorites in a future episode. Yes. And possibly uh, on on some of our social media channels as well. And if you are into social media, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Manic Ramblings. And of course, you can find us on our website, manicramblings.com. And until next time, it's perfectly okay if you don't want to shake his hand. I agree with that in certain circumstances. Don't send that awful text. Just don't send it. You can write it. You can type it out. Just don't hit send. That's actually a really good piece of advice. Find someone, anyone, that you can show that email or text to before you send it. Someone with a very level head. Extremely helpful. Write it down on a piece of paper, show it to someone, and then swallow it. Or burn it. I've heard burn that it. that's like an actual thing. Write yes. it all down, whatever you want to say, and then burn it and let it go. Mm-hmm. In a safe place. We do not condone burning anything. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Thank you. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 